Hey everybody, how's it going? Um, welcome to our podcast, Flip It and Reverse It. My name is Jasmine and I am joined here today with... Bombay Jenkins. Ooh, and this is the show where we force our interests upon one another. So, uh, what we talking about, Bombay? Today's episode, we will be finishing our review of Avengers Endgame. We split our review into two parts. This is part two. The deuce, baby. Also, we will be breaking down movie trailers as always. We will be breaking down today uh, Tolkien and The Hustle. Is it Tolkien or Tolkien? I pronounce it Tolkien. Do you think the man whose name it is does? Who knows? Okay. He's not allowed to tell us. And is it the hustle or the hustle? It's whatever you want it to be. Mm, I like a hustle. We will be right back. Okay, guys. So we just finished watching the trailer for... You know Bombay loves it when he's right. Um, What's it called again? Tolkien. Why would nobody be pronouncing his name right this whole time? Or was it just me? Was it just me? It's Americans. We don't care about British pronunciations. We're jerks. Yep. Um, so yeah. What did you think about it, Bombay? You want to kick it off here? No, you go first. Um, it looked alright. I think it seems like a lot of hype over a movie that's just banking off of Lord of the Rings popularity. Um, I don't really know the actors that well. They look like they do fine work. Um... Cool. I don't know. I'm, I don't need to go see it. It looks... It's... It, it, it's just a documentary drama, and I don't know that I care that much. Okay. So, she's obviously at a loss for words. That's just how underwhelmed she is. Um, that was Jasmine trying to be nice about really not liking something. I don't think it's terrible. It just... I don't need to see it. Uh, so, the trailer did a really good job of having a really, really good, like, score in the background to make you right? feel a lot more, like, hyped up about a movie that's <laughs> basically about this dude walking around town, talking to people, hanging out with people, talking to people. Going to war. Seeing some girl, talking to her, and then being on a battlefield where he gets a lot of his inspiration, which he was on the front lines in World War One for the, for the, uh, for England's army. Um, he actually got injured in said war and had to leave uh and that's probably what saved his life and allowed him to go on to make a lot of these like stories that he wrote because he probably would have died on that battlefield had he not been hurt Uh, you know a lot of facts look at you so yeah the movie itself it looks like a really boring story about a really interesting man well put yeah (laughs) so I give it a... But with a great score. (laughs) I give it a two for interest level. I'd probably watch it because I like this guy, uh, Holt. Uh, He was in the newer X-Men movies, uh, the first class, Days of Future's Past. Oh, he's the blue dude, right? Yeah, yeah. He's a good actor. He was actually in the running to be the new Batman along with Robert Pattinson. We'll see who they end up choosing. Um, (sighs) But yeah, no, I'd give it a two. What would you give it out of five? Um, I'd give it like a two as well. That sounds... That sounds right. She's leaning 1.5. I can see it in her face. 1.7. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to be right back, and hopefully the Hustle trailer will be a little bit better. Hopefully. Oh, 
Okay, guys, so uh, we just finished watching the trailer for The Hustle, starring Anne Hathaway and Rebel Wilson. Uh, Bombay, I'm going to let you take the lead on this one. What do you What do you think? Well, I'm not really feeling it. Yeah? No, I really wasn't. I'm kind of partial to Anne Hathaway. I think she is good in basically everything I see her in. But I feel like Rebel Wilson is just not that funny. Like she kind of, yeah, not really into her, 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 not really into her humor at all. Yeah. Um. So I would not be that interested in seeing this movie. Um. It seems like it's you know based around you know uh, Rebel Wilson being a con artist and then Anne Hathaway taking her up and trying to make her a better con artist because she's also a con artist. And so the movie's just about this like master protege type dynamic. And it it doesn't seem like it's going to be that funny to me. I'm giving it a a two. Here's what I think. Pros. Interesting concept for a movie. Could have some laughable moments. Anne Hathaway is a pretty good actress. Cons. Two of them. Hey, but they're artists. No? Doesn't land? It doesn't look that good. I knew it wouldn't look that good. I think... I don't think Rebel Wilson's, like, not a good comedian or whatever. It's just, I don't think Anne Hathaway belongs in this movie either. Like, it's just a, it just looks weak. None of the jokes really looked that great. There was a lot of just, eh, cheap humor. Meh. Meh. That's a meh. I'll give it, like, a, I'll give it a 2.5 just to be a little different than you. A 2.2. 2.2 for, uh, at least... A concept I haven't really seen before. Yeah. I guess. I guess. Why not? Yeah. We picked some real doozies this week, guys. Sorry about it. It's all right. We'll have better ones next week. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I hope. So we're going to just <laughs> skip right along since we have not a whole lot to say about these movies because they kind of just were like... Yeah. <laughs> don't yeah. need to see them. Don't nope. go to the theater. Nope. Don't go see them. Don't even bother Redboxing We're going to skip to your the... friend buys it. You done? No. Um, also, maybe if you find it on the street... Oh my god. So, we're going to skip along to the good stuff now. Did I do it good? Yeah. Yeah, nailed it. Alright, we'll be right back. Hello everyone, this is round two of our breakdown of Avengers Endgame. Woo woo! Round two? We left off last time with uh, the Avengers, well, more specifically War Machine and Nebula getting the Power Stone off Morag. Am I correct? Um, probably. Yeah. So, <laughs> the next part that happened in the movie is I believe that, like, Thanos finds out that, you know, Nebula is still, well, actually, this, this new Nebula, I guess it's actually an older Nebula, is there they start seeing these new like images pop through their current nebula's like face this little projection screen going on long story short weird brain thing with nebula thanos finds out thanos finds out and then all hell breaks loose as thanos goes to go and get this new nebula they abduct her and then we cross out of there and we go back in time because now Captain America and Iron Man need to go get the Tesseract and more Pym particles. Because they messed up. And we got this cool little scene where, you know, like, Tony runs into his dad and they have a heart-to-heart. Yeah. And Captain America's, you know, like, 
messing around at this base and he runs into Peggy Carter and he like takes a look at her through a gl- some, some glass yeah, and he's a like creeper. hiding in a room. Yeah. And he's like looking looking real close. He sees a picture of himself on the desk and he's like, oh, I was so skinny back then. Yeah, right? <laughs> Man, look at my CGI head. Yeah. Cool. And I guess she doesn't see him somehow staring at her through the glass. No, no, Whatever. he doesn't see her at all. And so from there, you know, like they ended up like getting the Tesseract pretty quickly and they go back, to t- you know, in time. And so they go back and everything's good to go from there. And the pin particles. And the pin particles. So they're good to go on that note. Um, and then we cut over to Vormir where we have um, Black Widow and Hawkeye and they run into the Red Skull and he gives them the same speech that he gave, you know, like Gamora and Thanos and in Infinity War. And so they're not sure if they believe him at first. No, hold up. Was this Red Skull actually, um, what's his name? The guy? Or? The, it wasn't the same actor. No. no. Like, did they CGI that or did they just. No, they got a new actor. A new yeah. Actor? They got a new actor to do it. Oh. Dumb. Yeah, Hugo Weaving was making a big fuss about it. He didn't want to put that makeup on again. So they just didn't want to force it. So. Yeah. Whatever. Probably saved them some money anyway. Probably, yeah. Yeah. So, long story short, uh, Hawkeye wanted to be the one to essentially sacrifice himself for the Soul Stone because he felt guilty for all the people he had killed while he took on the Ronin personality. But Black Widow didn't want that to happen because she felt like... You've got a family. I've got no one. And she wanted to make the sacrifice because she felt in part responsible for what happened, which I don't know why she'd feel more responsible than anyone else because they all kind of took the L on that one. Yeah, but well, you I know think, what? like, her big thing was, like, you know, like, ever since it happened, ever since the snap, all I've been doing is trying to keep the Avengers together, trying to keep something going. Right. And without, like, that's all I have. This was a controversial death for some people. I, I saw some backlash after the movie that it was really messed up that the Russos would allow her to die because... It was just, like, them killing off this really pronounced female character, and why would they do that? Equality. Kill all, kill them all. But my argument was, like, wouldn't it seem a little more, like, like insulting to women if the man had to sacrifice himself to let the woman live again? Like, isn't that what we do in every movie for all of existence, where the men sacrifice themselves to save the damsel in distress? Wasn't it more badass to see the woman be like, no, I'm actually going to take the reins here and, you know, like, sacrifice herself so the guy could live? Like, that just seems a little more progressive to me. Plus, yeah, they killed her off, but they're still giving her a movie, and there's still going to be more female characters. So, like, I mean, it and it just wouldn't have been as impactful if they killed off Hawkeye, because Hawkeye had, like, basically negative character development until this movie. Right, he had no character development. We had We spent no time, really, with him, like, outside of the Avengers movies. Like, Black Widow had been a central character in Winter Soldier and Iron Man 2 and Civil War. Like, we see a a lot of her, and her death just felt a little more impactful. Oh, yeah, 100%. Like... I didn't see it coming. I I thought they were just going to kill Hawkeye, because I thought, you know, they're only going to get one big death in, and then, like, they'll kill off a couple characters that that people don't care as much about. Right. Yeah, no, I definitely didn't see that coming. So they get back, well, Hawkeye gets the Soul Stone... And they all, like, show back up, and everyone thinks that, you know, they had a job well done because now they're all back in the present. And then it all dawns on them that, you know, Black Widow's missing, and yeah. they have that scene out by the lake 
where they talk about like, oh, well, we're the Avengers. We could just bring them. We can just bring her back. and We can just snap her back when we get all the stones. And well, they he's have, like, no, yeah, that's not stones. going to, it doesn't work. Hawkeye pretty much explains to Thor that it can't work that way. And the Hulk gets upset and throws a bench, throws a bench across <laughs> the lake. And seems like a little bit of an underreaction to me. You know, I think there's a little bit of banner in there. He's trying to control the, the rage of the Hulk. Mm, okay. But they say that they're going to, that's where they say, you know, like, they're going to make sure that, you know, it wasn't in vain. Yeah, it's got to work now. Which, so, we were talking about this. What the hell does a soul stone even do? You know, that's the one of the big mysteries. And we'll have to get to that a little bit later. But that was never explained anywhere. Ever. All of the other five stones, you have a pretty decent idea of what they do and how they work. But no one really knows what the soul stone does other than the fact that it just needed to exist for the snap to occur. Like, it, it's got some sort of power. power that involves the snap. I don't know, I but don't, yeah. maybe it's the ability to... Maybe it's the dust. I, it's got the dust in. I hope that I they... really have no idea. I hope they close that loophole later. I hope they make it, like, make sense. Like, this is what the Soul Stone does, but... Well, maybe we'll never know. Who knows? But they spend some time creating their own gauntlet after this, and they attach all the stones to it. They're trying to figure out who's going to use it. Thor really wants to do it, but Iron Man tries talking him out of it. Hulk eventually steps up and says that the radiation's mostly gamma and that, (laughs) you know, he felt like he was kind of made for this, so he does it. Um, So he puts the glove on, and it kind of overwhelms him at first, but he's able to perform the snap. The glove's an Iron Man suit glove, which is important, of course. Yeah, it's a Stark Stark glove. Stark glove. And Iron Man, before Hulk puts the glove on, he says, like, just make sure that you bring everyone back to this time now. Don't change anything in the last five years because he doesn't want anything to happen to his family. Yeah, like his exactly. daughter, for instance. Don't so, kill my daughter, Hulk. So everyone's going to come back the same age they were when they died, only they'll be coming five years into the future. Yeah. So that happens. The snap happens. Hulk looks as though he brings everyone back because immediately Hawkeye gets a call from his wife on the yeah. cell phone. And... They have a moment where they're all looking at the sky out there, thinking they did a job well done, and then they get a missile to the face. Kaboom. Because Nebula, the evil Nebula, has come back in time, pretending to be their Nebula. Stole her gold head. Stole her little gold plate and gave... Took her jewelry. Gave Thanos some pin particles so that he could shrink his ship through time, and then she let this new ship will come through the portal with Thanos and all of his people in it. Which, that part was a little weird, too. What part? I mean, because, hold up, because, okay, because she had the pin particles that Nebula had, right? Yes. And they only had, she only had one, right? Yes. So, how did Nebula get back and then Thanos and them? They didn't explain it. I just caught that. Like, they only had one to get back. They didn't have an extra one. Because, see, what I thought was she came through and then she, like, configured the machine to where it was just an open portal. Yeah. That's what it looked like to me. I have to rewatch it. Maybe I've it was. I've only seen it twice. But, um, yeah. Because I, I thought she, I saw her, like, me- she got, she was like, they don't, suspect, so they don't suspect anything. And then she, like, was messing around with the time machine. Yeah. But that part was a little weird. And then, of course, they come through and get, he gets all big and busts out the time machine. The ship is huge. and The ship is huge and flies right through the top of the base, then turns around and shoots the base that destroys Avengers base completely. And it was such a lovely day before that. It was. It was blue skies, gorgeous, you know, half the world coming back to party. Right. 
So what you have going on here is you have like two different like sets of Avengers right now. You have like Hulk and Ant-Man and Rocket and War Machine who are like all trapped like underneath this like wreckage. Yeah. And like Hulk is like holding up this building from like Rocket and like uh, War Machine drowning to death. Ant-Man is like shaking off like being unconscious and he's trying to go save them. Meanwhile, Hawkeye finds himself with the gauntlet. And, and a bunch of little monster boys. Yeah, and he's, like, running from these, like, little, the Rough Riders, the guys from Infinity War, those, like, weird, like, little... I hate that. Let's not call them Rough Riders. That's what they're called. That's freaking Theodore Roosevelt shit, man. I... I don't know what to tell you. It just makes them sound really lame. That's what they are. Well, they're lame. You can blame Stan Lee. Stan, rest in peace, but that that's lame. <laughs> So, Hawkeye is running from the Rough Riders. Yeah, I said it again just to spite you. I hate you. And he, like, has a few badass moments where he cuts off a few of their heads and, like, gets away from them. And then you get, like... Some good action sequences for him. No, definitely. He runs into, you know, like, evil Nebula and then who takes the gauntlet from him. He's like, oh, hi, Nebula. And she's like, bam, slap, bitch. Hey there, all you listeners in Flip It and Reverse It land. Jasmine and I took a quick second to think to ourselves, what other random commercial could we entertain you with this week? And I thought of one idea, and she was like, "Uh, I don't know. But we came up with one together where we thought that we would just tell you about some stuff that we think is pretty interesting outside of the world of RuPaul and Marvel stuff. Just a couple little recommendations for you. Um, so we don't talk a lot about music on this podcast, so I thought I would recommend a album, as it were. Um, I have been obsessed with Amanda Palmer's album, uh, There Will Be No Intermission. I'm actually going to go see her in a couple weeks. Um, so... That's going to be pretty dope. Um, It's not like a party rock, let's listen to this jam out. It's a let's sit down and listen to this and then cry a lot kind of an album. But it's really, really good. And it's completely fan funded and amazing. And I think it needs to be getting more attention than it's getting. So that's my recommendation for the week. And my recommendation is for all of you, um, I shouldn't say history buffs out there, because it's not really historically accurate, but a show with semi-historical accuracy is uh, called Marco Polo on Netflix. And I am in love with that show. Uh, The main character in the show is named Benedict Wong. He plays Kublai Khan, who is the grandson of Genghis Khan. And it's set in the late 1200s in uh, China when the Mongols were trying to pretty much conquer all of China. It's a great show. I love it. I've seen it like about two or three times over again. They canceled the show, unfortunately, but seriously, seasons one and two are still really good. Go check that out. Go check out Amanda Palmer's music and check out the rest of our episode here in a second.
All right. Sorry about that. Um, out of nowhere break. We don't normally do that, but we had a phone call come through and well. just I'm popular and it came through the iPad and interrupted the recording. So like So for those of you who don't know, we do all of our recording that. for this podcast on our iPad, which is linked to our phone and sometimes calls happen. Yeah. It sometimes happens. that happens. And if you want to sponsor me, iPad, aka Apple, aka Steve, you know, like go for it. Well, Steve's no longer with us. Oh, shit. Yeah. Well, if he wants to sponsor me from the grave, he can totally do that, too. Uh, I believe the name of the guy who currently runs Apple is Tim Cook. So we will Tim. we will definitely take Hit you up. Hit me up, Tim. Uh, so anyway, getting back to what we were saying was, you know, they have this encounter where it's evil Nebula standing over Hawkeye, who's looked really confused as he sees good Nebula and, you know, like 2014 Gamora. Yeah. They have a little back and forth to try to convince evil Nebula not to be evil. It ends up not working, and good Nebula kills evil Nebula. Yep. And once Shoots again, right in the titty. You know this works because you know like that wouldn't affect good Nebula's like existence because we're working on alternate timelines versus Back to the Future type time. I still don't get it. Time stuff. But anyway, so from there we now have. Hawkeye back in possession of the gauntlet. And we cut outside to Thor sitting out there just watching Thanos, who's just sitting on the ground, just waiting for anyone to approach him. Captain America and and Iron Man like emerge from the rubble and they're like, what is he doing? And Thor's like, well, he's just been sitting there doing nothing. And they acknowledge the fact that it's probably a trap. And then they say, we're going to spring the trap anyway. And Thor's like, great, let's just go kill him properly this time. Uh, see, this is what I hate. They're all sitting around there talking about, like, ooh, should we kill Thanos? He's just sitting there. Just go kill him! You My have, god. You have to have a game plan. Do you? Yes, you he do. He ain't got no gauntlet. He's the strongest person in the universe. They've all, all he's got is some freaking soul caliber sword. Yeah, they all have fought him twice and failed twice. That's not true. They cut his head off the second time. That was the third time that third Thor time. had faced him. That faced him, and yeah, he was pretty beaten up at that point. But this was fully powered young Thanos. Young, a young buck. And as we see later in the film here, even without the stones, he still beats all three of them down. So I guess they did need a plan. I guess they did. Yeah. So they approach Thanos. He gives him that speech that you hear in the trailer. He's like, "Oh, you couldn't live with your failure. And where did that bring you?" back to me that was a great impersonation i'll give it at least a five so they end up having this fight you know like you, you see this going on here um with captain america thor and iron man all three of them versus thanos at once oh, yeah. you get a few cut scenes to ant-man like showing up um where it seems like he's gonna like save the day but they don't really let you know at first so the last thing you see is ant-man going really small into the water saying that he's gonna make sure that he saves Rhodey and you know, rocket yeah, before they drop. Yeah, hopping on pencils and stuff, another trailer clip. Yeah. And so at this time in the fight, you have Thor, like, dual wielding with Stormbreaker and Mjolnir. Oh, yeah. And Thanos just kind of, like, just beats him down. Um, he throws, like, Mjolnir at Iron Man, knocks him out, takes Stormbreaker from Thor, and, like, puts it to his chest, and is, like, almost, like, pushing it into him the way that Thor had did to Thanos in Infinity War. And before he gets a chance to do that... He gets, Thanos gets hit in the back of the head with Mjolnir, and he turns around to see who hits him, and Captain America has Thor's hammer. Doll. 
That so was, that was cool. a moment. That was a moment. Wait, we talked about this too. What the heck was so special about this moment where all of a sudden Captain America is worthy, but he wasn't before? It's not like the guy changes a lot. No, no. There is some speculation that like he could have always lifted it and just chose not to. Oh, what a bitch. No, <laughs> that's dumb. Oh, I just won't lift it because I want Thor to think he's special. No, that's stupid. Well, he's not the only person who can lift the hammer. I mean, Odin's had the hammer. Like, Vision held the hammer. Vision held the hammer? In Ultron. Yeah. I gotta rewatch Ultron, I guess. Yeah, no, he, he handed it to, like, uh, to Thor in the movie. Yeah. And they all looked at Thor like, really? And, yeah. <laughs> but, anyway. So, not the first person to hold Thor's hammer. You just have to be worthy. Well... But who's more if worthy than if Captain If the speculation America? is that he was worthy before, but he just chose not to hold it, then that's just makes me hate Captain America even more. Oh, please. Because well, he's not a... Because he's not Because <laughs> like, he's a little bitch. No, because sometimes you have to have some humility. Uh... Mm, eh, okay, sure. Anyway. So, we have a brief moment here where Cap is fighting Thanos with Mjolnir, uh, use some pretty cool tricks to kind of like smack him around with it. But then after a while, it doesn't matter because Thanos just grabs Mjolnir from him and just throws it aside and grabs his little like dual like blade like axe that he has and he breaks Cap's shield. He breaks it in half. Like, so much for vibranium. Like yeah, so much for vibranium being the strongest metal. Thanos is like, the strongest metal my ass. What's his sword made out of? Who knows? But it's space metal. It's powered by the, by an eternal. Thanos is an eternal. And yes. he just broke Cap's shield like it was nothing. And then he deploys his entire army onto Earth. And he says, I'm going to enjoy destroying your measly little planet. Yeah, why didn't, like, he just wanted to do a little bit of fighting himself, get some light exercise. And then he's like, no, I'm done now. Take it, Rough Riders. Well, he had everyone come through. He had the Chitari come in, the oh, guys from like Avengers. He has his Black Order come Big down. Space worms and yeah, everything. All of those people. And then you have, like, the most epic moment of the movie, as far as I'm concerned. Where, oh, yeah. Where Cap just, like, stands up, getting ready to, like, face his entire army. And then he hears his, like, transmission come through on his intercom. And he's like... On your left. He's like, Sam. It's Sam, you know, like, Cap. He's like, look on your left. And then you look over, and you see a portal open up, like, Doctor Strange-type portal. And walk... And here comes Black Panther, Okoye, and Shuri walking through first. And Cap looks, like, stunned. And then you see Falcon fly through the portal as well. Yep. And then you have, like, all these portals start opening up. And you see Doctor Strange. You see the Guardians. You see Spider-Man, Winter Soldier, Groot, the Asgardians, the people of Wakanda. You have all these sorcerers show up. Just, like, the Wasp shows up. Like, Pepper flies down in her suit. I mean, everyone. It's, like, legit everybody. Everyone. And then the last thing you see before you think it's all done is Ant-Man giant form, like, blowing... Busting through the floor. (laughs) Busting through the the destroyed Avengers base. And he, like, opens up his hand, and here jumps out the Hulk and Rhodey and Rocket, who he saved from drowning. And we've got, like... The equivalent of big Ant-Man in this battle is, like, when you're watching the Lord of the Rings movie battles, and there's, like, the huge, giant-ass... Trees. Trees coming through, and, like, and then the other side's got their, like, big, like, pig animal things. (laughs) I don't know what the hell they are. Creature things. Yeah. That are, like, giant. That's the equivalent of Ant-Man, just, like, boom, boom, boom. 
boom, it's running through it, the battlefield. It's lovely. It's the coolest scene I've seen Big in a movie Ant-Man's in a long time. Big Ant-Man's way cooler than Little Ant-Man. Sorry. So... From there, we have the whole entire lineup and the, you know, the camera spans to all of them. And then you finally get, for all the nerds out there, you finally get the one line that we were all looking for for the last, like, seven years, where Cap grabs Thor's hammer and says, Avengers, assemble. And they all go running into battle against Thanos, and I about lost my mind. I was in the theater with my friend Jordan, and we, like, looked at each I looked at her, I'd already seen it, but I looked at her, and she was like, (gasps) And she was, like, jumping in her seat and shaking. And she's like, ah, oh, my God. And I was like, yeah, now I know. <laughs> the battle was great. I mean, you just have all these people, like, doing all these different things that, you know, like, just, like, callbacks to all these, like, other times in their movies where you have, like, Drax jumping on someone's back and stabbing him a bunch of times. Like, you yeah. saw in Guardians 2. And you see Spider-Man use his instant kill. That was referenced that to was Homecoming. Really and, yeah, you know, just have a, you even have, like, a moment where, like, you know, uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp were, like, talking to, you know, Captain America, and she's like, oh, we're on it, Cap. And that kind of, like, is a a reference to Ant-Man and the Wasp, where she was actually making fun of him for referring to Captain America as Cap. God, okay, I didn't get that one. You watch a lot of videos. <laughs> <laughs> I did not catch that one. That's very obscure. Yeah, so... They... You're like, I watched the 1,000 Easter eggs video, and um, I've got them all. No, I didn't watch... The... I just knew that one. I'd just seen Ant-Man and the Wasp. Oh, okay. She was making fun of him for calling him Cap, and then she turned around and called him Cap and gave him a funny look. And then, you know, like that was like the, the, the wink-wink, nod-nod moment. Okay. So... Anyway, got Valkyrie coming in on Pegasus. Yeah, that was pretty. That cool. That was dope. That was pretty cool, but what you end up having like throughout this like battle as it's like going on here, um, they say that you know we got to get these stones like out of here, and then they talk about how the quantum tunnel was destroyed by Thanos, and the Hulk says we have to find a way to get these stones back to their original time, and so they find out that. Ant-Man's brown van with the little miniature quantum tunnel is still there. And so now they're all trying to race across his battlefield to get the stones back to their appropriate time so that Thanos can't use them to create the snap again. Yeah, well, meanwhile, Ant-Man and the Wasp are just trying to get it up and running. Right, because apparently the the van is, like, like offline. And so what you have is, like, Hawkeye, like, running around, like, trying to get, like, the stones out of there. And then Black Panther shows up, and he looks at him and he says, Clint, give me this, you know, give me the gauntlet. <laughs> Which is a callback. Which is totally. It's a callback to Civil War when he when Clint introduced himself to Black Panther and he was and he was like, "Hi, my name's Clint," and Black Panther was like, "I don't care what your name is." Oh, gosh, I didn't I didn't know that one either, but I just think it's funny because no one else calls him Clint. Yeah. <laughs> no one else calls him anything. Has anyone ever resp- re- talked Bart- to him by name? They call him Barton. Yeah. His last name. Yeah, they call him by his last name, not. No one calls him Clint. Well, he introduced himself as Clint in that movie. It's supposed to be funny. Oh, that's kind of cute. So Black Panther's running around with this thing, and then he runs into, um, got Ebony Maw, who about takes her from him. But then Spider-Man swings in and grabs the gauntlet. And so... Snatches it. And then he... That's when he activates his instant kill, and he's running around, and then, like, he gets almost consumed by those Rough Rider things until, um, God. Who picks him up? Oh, who picks him up? Is it Valkyrie picks him up, right? No, 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 not not at first. Uh, it's Pepper. Pepper picks him up. Oh, yeah, Pepper grabs him. She says, like, hey, hang on, kid, or whatever. Yeah, and then she hands him off to Valkyrie. Gotcha. Who then drops him. Yeah, real (laughs) responsible, Valkyrie. Glad you don't have kids. Well, she drops him because what was ending up happening while this was going on was that Thanos had shown up 
and Scarlet Witch like grabs him with like her like psychic powers. Yeah. And so she's like dope. choking him with her psychic powers. And then he tells his fleet to like start like shooting the entire battlefield with their ship. And so now the the ship is shooting the uh, the field and everyone's being hit by these blasts. And so Spider-Man gets like knocked off Valkyrie by that. And they're oh, all yeah. like ducking for cover. Meanwhile, Doctor Strange is trying to keep this title away from like, you know, like yeah, drowning he, them all. Yeah, he, Doctor Strange didn't get really participate in the battle because he was just. He was trying to keep them from you know, drowning. And causing so, a goddamn hurricane. At this point, we have our, you know, like, our one trade character come in who's only known for blowing up ships, and Captain Marvel yeah, comes through. Yeah, how lame. Couldn't she showed up a little quicker? Yeah, like, it would be nice if she could have showed up a little first. bit quicker there. But she shows up. She's overpowered, though. She destroys Thanos' ship, and everyone gets, you know, like, pretty happy about it. Then she drops down, and she takes the gauntlet from, from Peter Parker. Yeah. And she, like, you know, he's like, okay, I don't know how you're going to get this through all of that. And you have this really cool, like, A-team moment where all of the female, like, Avengers kind of team up there together. It's like, come on, ladies, now let's get in formation. I had some people tell me they thought this was, like, some, like, weird, like, like, pushing of feminism. Oh, my God. Get over the pushing of feminism thing. It can just be cool to see a bunch of badass chicks fighting through a bunch of shit. Like... Screw you. I don't care what the agenda is. It's cool to watch. It is really cool to watch. And the better question is how insecure are you as a man that you don't want to see a bunch of women doing cool things? Right? Like, why do you care so, if it's a push for feminism? Just like, yeah. yeah, gross. Gross is the right response here. But it was a really badass moment there. I like seeing Valkyrie take her sword and like kind of like swinging across those giant like flying worm things, and she kind of just like knocked one of those things oh, out of yeah. the sky. Oh yeah, she just kind of like Titanicked it. Yeah, she just, just knocked it straight out of the sky. So that was pretty cool. And then you have Captain Marvel darting across the entire field, where you realize really quickly she didn't need anyone's help. She's <laughs> like, hey, no, I've got some backup. Not that I freaking need it. Yeah, and as she's flying through the air. Thanos sees that, he, that she's about to get to this van, and he takes a little dual, like, blade sword thing, and he throws it right through the van and blows up the van. Not very convenient. Nope. There goes their plan. Yeah. And so, from there, you see Captain Marvel, like, drop the gauntlet, and Thor and Captain America run over there to stop Thanos from grabbing it. He's unable... Well, they're unable to stop him. He, like, throws Thor aside, punches Captain America in the face... And then he gets the glove back on. He actually gets the glove. on. Yeah, Thanos gets the gauntlet on his hand. He's about to do the snap. And Captain Marvel shows up and keeps him from snapping his fingers. She just grabs both of his fingers and holds them open. And at, this, yeah. at this point, Thanos is like, who is this who person? The hell? He tries to headbutt her as hard as he can, and she just stands there and stares at him. And he, <laughs> and he gets pretty scared at this moment. So he grabs the power stone out of the gauntlet, puts it in his other hand, and uses it to punch her. And she goes yeah. flying off. So, okay, quick quick digression here. Yeah. Do you think that had they actually gotten the stones into the quantum realm and put them all back, that they still would have been able to defeat Thanos and his army without, like... Because, I mean, the only reason they were able to defeat him is because of the stones. So, like, if the stones had gone back in time, do you think that all of those guys hanging out there would have actually been able to take Thanos down? I think they would have. I think they just would have lost some lives in the process. Yeah. Because... Scarlet Witch, by herself, almost had Thanos immobilized. Captain yeah. Marvel probably would have had Thanos immobilized. A bunch of them together could have defeated Thanos. 
the Black Order would have been taken care of in those like giant alien things, they could have defeated them eventually. It just probably they probably would have lost a couple of Avengers in the process. Yeah. But what she had after this, after Thanos knocks, you know, like Captain Marvel away, is that you see a pan of Tony looking over at Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange holds up his finger to symbolize just like this is the one chance. Tony like understands what like Doctor Strange means. He runs over to Thanos, tries to grab the gauntlet off his hands. He doesn't get the gauntlet, and Thanos thinks that he's won. And he goes to snap his finger, and he realizes after he did it that nothing happened. Looks at the gauntlet, realizes there's no stones on it whatsoever. Which, like, what kind of technology was that that Tony had planned for where he could... What did he do? Like, how did the stones get from that gauntlet to his gauntlet? Well, the gauntlet that was on Thanos' hand was also Stark tech. So you have to just assume that he could just transfer stuff over from one glove to another. He's done that in other Iron Mans. I know, but that, that was some... That's some pretty big foresight, isn't it? It's not really foresight. It's how his suits have always worked. But, like, you don't see the stones, like, flying out of the gauntlet into the other one. Would you have to for it to be as effective as it seems? <laughs> I mean, you've seen Iron Man 3 where he's able to interchange multiple suits at multiple times. I mean, it's still effective, but it's still, like, it's, like, I don't know. Jasmine's trying to find any way whatsoever. I'm skeptical of it working... Jasmine's looking for realism in a, in a fantasy movie. I it's like okay. realism. Suck it, boy. Well, you know, you should watch a documentary. I'm sorry that the Avengers Endgame can do no wrong. You're, this is a movie about, like, it's a movie about superpowers and space and magic, and you're looking for realism? I'm just saying that, you know, <laughs> like, did it show him earlier having the capabilities put those in that gauntlet? Like... Did he just have little empty sockets just in case on his gloves? Did you see like, Tony's dad and Tony's mom actually having sex? How do you know that they're really his parents? That's dumb. <laughs> that is dumb. I think makes sense. That's... Do we need to explain every part of every movie? Yes. Well, I'm just trying to give hot takes, okay? I could sit here and explain the plot, but like, I'm just trying to give some hot takes. The hot take of this entire story is that Tony was able to take the stones away from Thanos and put them onto his suit. And he looks over at Thanos, who had just got done saying, I am inevitable, and he turns to him and he says, I am Iron Man, which is a callback to the first Iron Man movie. And Tony snaps his fingers and he erases all of Thanos' army and and Thanos himself from existence. Yeah. But in the process, he, um, he is dying at this moment. War Machine's the first person to go over to him. Rhodey looks at his, at his dying friend and is speechless. Peter shows up the same way that Tony did for him in Infinity War. And, Which we totally called. Yeah. And he's looking down at him and he's like, hey, we won. You know, like, it's okay. And, you know, Peter starts crying because he realizes what's happening. But the moment that really got to me was Pepper. Yeah. Pepper, at this point, kind of, like, gently, like, grabs, you know, like, Spider-Man and moves him to the side. And she says, Tony, you know, we're going to be okay. You can rest now. As, you know, and that's just calling back to earlier in the movie when she said, Will you, you know, be able to rest? Will you be able to rest if you don't do anything? And yeah. so saying you can rest now. And that that was a really good moment. You know, like... N- 
with movies like this, not everything is perfect and not all moments of writing are perfect, but that is a really powerful moment in the writer's room where I felt like they got that scene right. Yeah. They really did. That was that was a great scene. Um, you pan over to see Captain America and Thor being pretty teared up about it, and they, um, they transition from there to kind of like um, a voiceover of Robert Downey Jr.'s voice talking about how not all stories, like ends with you know like with everyone prevailing and he just hopes that when they wake up tomorrow that everything's gonna be back to the way it was and then a couple seconds later you see that it was just a recording that he left for his daughter the night before they went to go to the the time traveling thing time heist the time heist yes yeah and you see a picture of um pepper being emotional on this couch uh with her daughter morgan and Happy and Rhodey all on this couch, and then they just pan off to them walking down to this like dock at Tony's house, and them having some flowers and Tony's original heart from Iron Man that oh, says that one got me that proof that Tony Stark has a heart that got me hard. And they just let those flowers with the original heart, well, like heart arc reactor, <laughs> the little arc yeah. reactor going off into the lake. And then you pan off and you see all the Avengers there at Tony's, you know, funeral. Yeah. And really that, sad shit. That was that was really sad. Yeah. Yeah, and then I thought like, oh, okay, so now I'm done crying. And then they have to go to a little chat between freaking uh, Scarlet Witch and Hawkeye. Oh yeah. And I cried again. Cause because he's Hawkeye all like, like, I hope they know. That- I ho- yeah, I hope that like you know like she knows that we won. And then Scarlet Witch says they both know. And I was just like, ah, Vision 2, and everyone's dead and sad. Yeah, I Vision. I my balls out. Vision did not come back, people. He did not come back. Not even a little he is, bit. He is dead dead. But the next scene that you see is um, Thor and Valkyrie together, where Thor officially makes Valkyrie the queen of Asgard. And at this point, I'm like, okay, so this is just us setting up the next movies. Right. Like, that's not very necessary for the ending of this movie, but... I liked the idea of having Valkyrie be the Queen of Asgard. I hope that we get more of her in future movies, because she's a really cool character. I think Tessa Thompson's a great actress. She's wonderful, but I just didn't know if it was necessary for... Like, I feel like the only reason they did that was then so that Thor can be freed up, and he can get on the ship, so you're like, oh, so Thor's gonna be part of the Guardians? Like... I liked it. Thing now? I, liked I mean, it a it's lot. good to know, but like it wasn't necessary for that movie. There's a lot of things that are unnecessary, but I liked it anyway. Okay. And I liked what happened next where, you know, the final scene of the movie Captain America gets back into the quantum suit and he has all six infinity stones and he's going to go put them all back into time where they're supposed to be and yep. he has Thor's hammer as well. And we have Hulk in this scene as well as uh Falcon and Winter Soldier. And Wait, Winter... does he not bring the hammer back? He does bring the hammer back. Oh, okay. And so what? Winter Soldier and, you know, like, Cap have this goodbye where they say to each other. And Cap's like, don't do anything stupid till I get back. And Bucky says to him, like, I can't. You're taking all this stupid with you, which is another <laughs> callback to the first, like, Captain America movie. Yeah, I just don't. I'm sorry. I'm not, I'm not about the Bucky romance. Like, I don't, I don't need it. It never impressed me. Well, but so this moment, I guess, wasn't for me. It sure wasn't. <laughs> so Cap goes back in time to do all that. And then they thought they were bringing him back like five seconds later. Only he didn't show back up. 
And then about like a few seconds after that, Bucky looks over at the lake and notices that there's an old man standing there. And he ushers like Falcon to go talk to him. And you see that it's Cap, only he's like a really, really old man, like in his like 80s or 90s. And he talks about the fact that he, after he put the stones back, he decided to go live his life. And you notice that he had like a wedding ring on. And he, you know, like he tells like Falcon that something went really right. And that, um, and Falcon says, you know, the only thing I'm upset about now is the fact that I have to live in a world where there's no Captain America. And Cap is like, well, about that. And he hands Falcon his shield. Yeah. Essentially making Falcon going to be the new Captain America. And Cap, you know, and he says at first, he's like, wow, I, I feel like I'm holding someone else's shield. And Cap looks at him and says, well, it's definitely yours. And Falcon says, I'm going to do my best. And Cap says, that's why I gave it to you. So here's my couple questions here. Obviously, there's all this, like, weird controversy over what actually happened with Cap. Did he, like, just go back in time and then he lived it out? Did the other him just never get unfrozen then? Like, did he use the pin particles to get back? But, like, when he was already old, like, how did that all work? And it's really confusing. But you know what? At the end of the day, they had to do something to make the story work and to wrap up his story nicely. So, whatever. I'll let all the confusing things go Away. So what happens Forgive after it. this is that you see a, a panning to Cap back in the past, having that dance finally with Peggy Carter. And yeah. so that they closed the movie on that note, which I thought was really cool that Cap finally had a good ending. Because the Russos, who are the directors of this movie, uh, afterwards, they said that like their main goal with movies like this is to give you a, like plot directions that you wouldn't expect. Like, you wouldn't expect Cap to get his happy ending. You expected him to die. You wouldn't expect Hawkeye to get his happy ending. You expected Hawkeye to die. And they didn't give you that. Nope. They didn't. They also came out later, once they lifted their spoiler ban, and they said that Cap did go back in time, and he put back everything that he was supposed to, which included having a conversation with the Red Skull once he had to go to Vormir and putting the Soul Stone back. He had to go to Asgard. See, here's the thing. No takes backsies. If you give the Soul Stone back, we should get Black Widow right back, right? Doesn't work that way. Nah. Doesn't work that way. Because the only way for that to happen was for him to go back in time before Black Widow got the Soul Stone in in the first place. No, I know, but... Kind of sucks. So essentially what happened was that Hawkeye left Vormir and the next second Captain America shows up back in Vormir. Like, Like a minute has passed since Hawkeye left. Oh, okay. And so... Black Widow's sacrifice still is... Still is. There. I thought they were supposed to return all the stones back to before they took them. No, to the exact moment when they took them. Oh my god. That's what they said. This just... It gets confusing. Anyways. You just got confused. I'm confused. Whatever. So every stone gets put back the way it was supposed to. They also tease the fact that since the Tesseract was taken out of the wrong time, that Cap might have had to track down Loki and bring him back to where he was supposed to be. But hmm. they're not confirming anything just yet because that might be a plot point for future TV shows. Oh, but I mean, wouldn't he have gone back to back back and put the Tesseract back then? Yeah, but they had to fix what happened in 2012 because I'd created a brand new reality there too. Huh, it's a bunch. Of, it's a bunch of stuff. Yeah, I can't. I can't wrap my head around it. So, anyways, what ended up happening was that they did confirm the fact that Cap did live out his entire life in this alternate timeline, and after Peggy died, then he used his pin particles to go back to the original timeline. Gotcha. 
Weird. So, in that reality, Cap never came out of the ice. Huh. He's There's a second Captain America in the ice in that reality. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, anyway. Other question. Do you think that um, Sam will wear his Falcon suit as Captain America? <laughs> I think what you're going to see is that he will have a Falcon suit that is decorated as Captain America. Hmm, interesting. With the shield. That's my opinion. We have confirmation that Falcon and Winter Soldier are going to have their own TV show on Disney+. And as of now, it has been confirmed that that release date will be August of 2020. So about a year and some change from now, we will have that show on Disney+. Interesting. Yeah. Just want to get me. They're like, we'll just use Marvel to get everyone to get Disney Plus. Yeah. So, so sneaky, those dang snakes. We'll be right back here in a second. We're going to take our last break of the day here to kind of just wrap up our final feelings about Avengers Endgame. We'll see you in a sec. Okay, guys, so we're just coming at you real quick to tell you what we will be talking about next week on Flip It and Reverse It. Next week, I am in control, and I am going to be, of course, talking again about RuPaul's Drag Race. We are now on episode five, six, seven, and that is the Farm to Runway Organic Challenge making costumes out of things, and we will be talking about that. We will also be doing some trailer reviews. What trailer reviews are we doing there, Bombay? Hey, Bombay. What do you say? Uh, We have All is True and Photograph. Yeah, so um, those seem very vague and I have no idea what they're about. So we will see you next episode where we'll be talking about trailers and RuPaul and hopefully having a good time with you. All right, thank you for sticking with us through that last break here. So we're going to wrap up this whole Avengers Endgame thing by just talking about what were some of your biggest, like, head-scratching moments about this movie that kind of, like, made you go, huh, why did they do that? Or, huh, what does that mean? Um, you go first. <laughs> you have all the good ones. I already said all of mine. Ah, wasted all of your ammo. I so, did. My biggest one that I'm going to just throw out there was the fact that they spent Age of Ultron and Thor Ragnarok and Infinity War building up this romance oh, between yeah. Black Widow and Hulk. And when it comes to Endgame, when you think you're going to have some kind of resolution now that they've finally been around each other for five years, they give you nothing to conclude their love story. My only question is, like, not that their love story was that important in the first place, but why take the time to build it up if you're not going to pay it off? Exactly. Like, you pay off everything. We just spent this whole... Like, episodes talk about all these things they paid off between, like, interactions between the Winter Soldier and Captain America and, like, Captain America 1 or, you know, like, at the end of the, like, of the movie where Happy looks down at, like, Morgan Stark and says, I'm going to get you all the cheeseburgers you want, which is a callback to Iron Man 1 when he came back from Iraq or Afghanistan and he wanted cheeseburgers. And, I mean, mean, like, I get why they did it for the plot of the movie in the sense that, like, they wanted to focus more on Hawkeye and Black Widow's relationship. And they didn't, but like it's it just doesn't fall in line with storytelling. No, 
you can't you can't like have a whole movie prefaced around like like paying off moments throughout a you know a bunch of movies and not pay off one of your moments that you were building on for multiple movies. Yeah, it just makes no sense. Yeah, and I mean like that also another head scratching moment where we just we our explanation for Professor Hulk is just like oh, I just learned to live with him. What? That's all we get. Yeah, that Freaking made no dumb. that made no sense. Also, it just like you spend multiple movies talking about like you know like seeing like the Hulk like taking over Banner for multiple years in Ragnarok, and then you see like him not wanting to come out at all in Infinity War, and then you show up to Endgame, and it's just like oh yeah, we figured it out. It's like, like you're what? not going to give us any kind of time. You know, after everything that we've like watched and you know had what? to watch, instead of that ridiculous like scene where they're in that diner, you could have used that same amount of time. To show, like, the Hulk, like, going through his thing. Or in the least, like, give us a, I don't know, give us something about it in the future. Like, that's just too unresolved. Yeah, it was it was pretty weak. But moving on from the stuff that was head-scratching, think about some of the coolest moments of this movie. Um, let's see here. What, are you, what was one of the moments that you were just like, oh my god, that is amazing? I mean, other than the Avengers Assemble type moment obviously that was you know the tops i really liked also when uh, um hulk headbutted captain marvel and she didn't move that was sweet um but let's see here if i can think of one that i haven't we haven't really talked about yet um i didn't have enough prep time here i didn't do my homework i will steal one really quick for you i am a really big fan of character development I across all types of just cinema, whether it's TV, like movies, books, whatever. I guess books wouldn't fall into cinema. Just storytelling, I guess. Not cinema, storytelling. I love character arcs, character development. And so in the middle of the movie, when they're on Asgard, it's Rocket and Thor. And Rocket sits down with Thor and gives him a speech. That was ended up being just like, didn't matter because Thor was just too out of whack to even hear what Rocket had to say. But Rocket kind of just, like, gives Thor the pep talk and kind of tells him to kind of, like, get his stuff together. And then Rocket looks at him and he's just like, can you just, like, get your stuff together for a minute and help me get my family back, please? That was a good moment. That is a good moment because Rocket, if you watch the first couple Guardians movies, like, he just acts like he doesn't care about anybody and then it's just all about himself. And then you see him kind of, like, softening up at the end of Guardians 1 and then by the end of Guardians 2 he has them, those moments with Yondu. And he realized that he was just like Yondu and that, like, you know, people, like, you know, he was like, oh, well, you know, he was a dick to them, but they didn't run away. Yeah. And so you see, like, Rocket just kind of, like, coming to his place in the world where he realized that he doesn't have to push everyone away all the time. And then in that moment in Endgame, he refers to them as his family, and you see Rocket doing everything he can to bring his family back to life. It's pretty damn sweet. Um, okay, how about this for a cool moment? I thought it was pretty cool when Hulk went to go see the Ancient One. Oh, yeah. And they were chilling and talking, and the Ancient One's just like, already knows that Doctor Strange is gonna be Doctor Strange? That that girl knows everything, I swear. Yeah, no. She's like, oh, no, he's down five blocks from here. He's a surgeon. He's not Doctor Strange yet. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, you sneaky, sly lady. Yeah, um, like, he won't be here for another five years. Yeah, <laughs> I thought that was pretty cool. And then, you know, like, her, the moment of him saying, like, he gave it away. He gave away the time stone. And she says, you know, he's supposed to be the best of us ever. Yeah. So, you know, maybe I've made a mistake. Which is just makes me excited for another Doctor Strange movie. Because, like, the first Doctor Strange movie is really rushed. And you did get to see, like, just 
how cool some of his capabilities were by the end of it. But, like, he's got some mad powers, dude. Like... Yeah, some crazy powers. Crazy weird powers that he got, like, really quick. It's like that kid in school that picks up everything really fast and you hate him a yeah. little bit because of it. And they're still a dick, too. Yeah. And you're just like, God damn it. Seriously? No, Doctor Strange 2 should be pretty good. Uh, I'm interested to see what they do with it. But at this point, Marvel doesn't really miss that often with these movies. So No. I think it's going to be in good hands. Even Ant-Man and the Wasp was good, man. Yeah, and it really wasn't that great of a story, but it still yeah. ended up being a pretty decent movie. So they just, so they, just they can just find yeah. ways to turn crap into not crap. Yeah. Yeah. But, so, overall takeaway, how do you, what are your, your final thoughts on Avengers Endgame? I have a quick question before that. Huh. Which did you prefer, Infinity War or Endgame? I... It's hard for me. It depends on the mood I'm in. Because, I mean, like... When you want an action movie, Infinity War is a better action movie. But if you're looking for, like, a cathartic kind of type, you know, uh, feeling, yeah. that's Endgame. Because Endgame gives you the the story that you want versus, the like... The emotional payoff. Yeah, versus Infinity War gives you the action that you want. You know, so it's like, it's like getting two different, like, itches scratched, essentially. Yeah. You know, because sometimes you're watching an action movie to just get action. And if that's what you're looking for, then you've got to go for Infinity War. But if you want a story to be told, that's what Endgame's for. Endgame gives you the story you want. Of course, you couldn't watch Endgame without Infinity War, so the, the two are reliant upon one another. They are. But if I had to say that I liked one better than the other, I'd probably say overall I liked Infinity War better. Um, Endgame obviously was really good because the, the ending, the emotional payoff, the it's just the conclusion of a 10-year saga, you know, like, that, you can't really beat that. But as, like, a standalone movie, Infinity War is probably better. I haven't made an official judgment on it yet because I like to watch movies, like, at home, like, away from the theater, like, perspective. Because I feel like you can, like, take a movie in better critically that way. Yeah. So once this movie comes out on, like, Blu-ray or whatever, which will probably be around August, which is the same time Infinity War came out last year... I'll sit down and watch the movie again and kind of give it my final thought. Um, but don't worry. We won't make you sit through another hour of this. Yeah, don't worry. We'll give you a quick little, like, roundup sometime in August. It'll be like a 10 minute or Yeah. A 10-minute episode. Yeah. 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 So that's our final thoughts on Avengers Endgame. Yeah. It was, it was a good movie. I wasn't mad. Yeah. I... I cried three times, to I was be exact. very satisfied. He cried. Bombay never cries. I did not cry. You cried. I did not cry. Yes, you did. No, I didn't. Don't. You're smiling. He's smiling. You can't see anything. Um, <laughs> I'm not. I didn't cry. I don't cry. Um, anyway, Bombay's That's don't cry. BS. It's true. Look it up. Bombay's, Bombay's do, do don't not cry. sway. Boom, boom. Anyways, so yeah, that is, uh, that's, that's Avengers Endgame, part two of the, the rapper upper. We are going to be. Wrapping it up like a condom on Christmas, baby. You are like the worst at this like wrapping the episode thing. I'm, I'm gonna do it. I'm she gonna... o- she always looks over at me and she's like, "Am I saying the right?" Gonna wrap thing? it up like a Kanye on Christmas, baby. Like what? Kanye, you know, like a rapper. Oh God. Yeah. You're giving me a hard time for my dad jokes. That's like mm. grandpa jokes. Yeah. It's terrible. 
Well, all right. Thank you, everyone, for taking the time to listen to this breakdown of Avengers Endgame. We'll be back next week. Uh, Thanks again. See you soon. Yeah. that is our show for today thank you for tuning in to flip it and reverse it uh my name is jasmine don't wear it out um but if you feel like wearing it out go wear it out on instagram where my instagram handle is at the real jasmine sherman and where can they find you sir bombay you can find me uh on instagram at ask underscore why underscore not the ask why not page where i post funny stuff all the time or you can just find both of us at Flip It and Reverse It Instagram page at Flip It and Reverse It. Um, so yeah, next week I'm in charge. We're talking about RuPaul. Episode seven. Tune in. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss it. Uh, like us, review us, send us your thoughts, your suggestions, your questions, your dreams. But most importantly, five-star rating. Oh, yeah, because you know what four-star ratings are for? Chumps. No, we've said chumps before. They're for They're carpet dwellers. still for chumps and carpet dwellers. Carpet dwellers, the ones that sneak around in the seams of your bedroom under your bed. Way to make that weird. Ooh, Way to those... make that weird. Well, four-star rating people are weird. Oh, so, my. Bleh. Um, so yeah, what's your final thought of the day there, Bombay? Final thought of the day is, um, if you decide to leave pieces of furniture and or just belongings at your friend's houses, um, don't leave them there for months on end, because sometimes you might not like the condition they're in when you get them back. So that's a fun Something fact wrong? of the day. Something wrong with our air conditioner? Mm-hmm. Nothing's wrong with our air conditioner. Oh god, <laughs> now I'm all worried. What is your final thought of the day? My final thought of the day is I got a kitty cat. I got a kitty cat. His name is Mavis and he's snoozing really hard. He's not even waking up and I'm singing him a song. What a bitch. But he's cute and I love him. Don't call our cat a bitch. Well, he's not waking up for his song. He's trying to sleep. Well, rude. Still rude. And now we're going to sleep. (laughs) All right. We'll talk to you later, guys. Bye.